you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, and Brian Reeves. Hey. How you doing? All right. Another busy week uh, here at the beginning of the season. And uh, let's start right off with NIS, our favorite topic, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, what do you guys think? Had a lot of fun. Wish I would have ran a little more. I uh, ran a lot of the Sebring races, so I kind of missed a bunch of opportunities to run the fixed stuff. And I really wish I would have ran one or two more of those. You got 5th and 11th. 5th and open, 11th and fixed. Pretty good run. Yeah, the 11th and fixed. I was up there in 4th and touched the apron with like 3 or 4 to go and got shuffled back a little bit and just didn't have enough time to work my way back up there. Right. Really disappointed with that. I was in the top 5 for most of the race. I was really hoping for another top 5. But um, top five again in the open, which is great. That's two top fives in two weeks in the open for me, and I'll take that and go on to the next one. Yep, yep. Uh, Carlos uh, shows you got a tenth, top ten. I think that was top split too, huh? Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's actually my finish. I got both days actually on Wednesday and Thursday. Thank you. Ran both opens and they're both tenth. Yep, except obviously the second one was a much higher SOF. Right. Yeah, I got like 200 points out of that. Whoa. That's why it's showing you're... me a ninth in Division 2. Yep. And Brian, you're showing sixth in standings. Yep, yep. So I would say that I probably had the worst week, but actually our teammate Jonathan Wall, he finished goose egg on the field 33rd in the Open. So I thought I had it bad. Let me tell you about my race. Uh, Wednesday open, I got wrecked out. Uh, <clears throat> bad finish there, 28th. And then uh, Thursday, uh, fixed, uh, fit, finished 24th after an internet outage uh, here in my area or at my house or the neighborhood or whatever. I think uh, from what I can tell, it was ISP related. It wasn't anything to do with what's in my house, but uh, boy, that sucks when your internet just goes down and you lose, like, I think I lost 42 laps over the course of trying to get back uh, reconnected there. Ouch, man, that's like changing the motor. I know, it's actually just as bad. It's just, I rebooted the router a couple times, hoping it was, you know, that would fix it, but it, there was another issue, so... Uh, Jose ran with us that night. Uh, he got wrecked out multiple times. Uh, he indicated he thought there was an issue with the damage model. He was kind of uh, ranting about that. Do you remember what he was saying? I do not. Something about, you know, you you barely tap someone and you blow the engine, but they're able to finish the race. And yeah, yeah. He, he's never real happy about that. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes you tap the wall and, you, you know, you barely get some optionals and other times you tap it and the car won't drive straight anymore. Right. It just seems like it's just not consistent. And, I mean, I'm, I'm having consistency issues with, you know, I'll, I'll hit somebody and I seem like I'm not hitting them as hard. 
and the motor pops, and I'm getting more time than I had last time. And it seemed like I really hit them. Yeah, I barely right. got front end damage on the that afternoon race where I somehow finished tenth with a destroyed car. But what happened was I looked down, my temps skyrocketed from what seemed like very minimal contact. I had to give up ninth place because of that. Wow. Went up to 287 on the oil, which is just dangerously close to blowing. And I said, I looked down, oh shit, <laughs> he had to back off and I had to give up ninth place and then I, we had a one lap to go restart, so that saved my ass in that race. Yeah, or you probably would have blown up. Oh yeah, I was babying it home, you know, I dropped way off the pace, I had to do whatever I could, actually to the point where I was going to lose a lap. But the yellow came out, and you have greedy people on new tires, and you know how that's going to turn out. And turn, I start, restarted 18 that got my way up to 10th because of a wreck. Right. Well, teammates uh, Brad Miller got a 4th in fixed, an 11th in uh, open. He had a good run this week. Uh, Todd Conroy 13th. Matt Boley, probably the best uh, finisher out of the team, finished third in open, eighth in uh, fixed. So good job, Matt. Uh, that's not the first week he's done that this week this year. So I got some work to do, I guess. Yep. I think we all do. <laughs> on the Phoenix, huh? Oh, God. Yes, sir. All right, let's keep moving. We got a lot of topics here. These are kind of out of order, so we're going to jump around. But uh, this a few hours ago, I, iRacing announces a sponsorship agreement with Casey Kane Racing uh, for his uh, team in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. We're getting more involved. You know, obviously, we're involved with the uh, World of Outlaws Series, or the official simulation or whatever they call it uh but now they're actually sponsoring a car uh that that's running on the real uh the real series so uh, pretty cool to see that they're branching out obviously they're involved with time majeski in late models uh over there and now uh sprint cars over here at the world of outlaws cool stuff yeah it seems like every few weeks we're hearing about another team that's getting sponsored by these guys don't forget about our benefactor, Mr. John Henry. Uh, the guy is made of money, okay? So I don't know if that's the pro, you know, that's a consideration or not, but. Pretty cool. All right, let's keep cruising. 12 hours of Sebring. I missed it. I was at work. Uh, how'd you guys do, Carlos? Well, we were six laps down, but we did get a top 10. Clean nice. car, not a really and not a scratch on it. Despite little damage here and there, just from minor incidents. Well, how'd you lose your laps? Oh, we got our ass kicked by the top guy. Possibly one of them, you know, ones that should have much higher eye rating, but they keep it low so they can, well, win, but he's fast regardless. All right. Did you have enough drivers and all that? Oh, yeah, we were actually going to. Me and Brian were going to plan to just do the one car ourselves and have another car, the Corvette. Which was going to be the hardcore approach. And I don't know. Looking back at it, I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. So you just ran the one? Yeah, we 
the reason for that was Brad decided that he wasn't going to run. Because one too short. Well, he was, yeah, he was free that day, but he had stuff to do around the house. So I think that's what he said. So we, I didn't want to, you know, force him into a ride. So we just decided, you know, we're going to come back. We'll have four drivers is the perfect number. Yeah, for so one that's car. That's what, three hours each? Yeah, pretty much. That's how it worked out. We did. Yeah, everybody had a double, double stint and then singles. So we yeah. went, the first four drivers went double, 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 double. So that's, you know, already eight stints there. Or something like I don't, eight hours right there. And the last four were all of us, the same guys in the same similar order, but only one hour each. Now, I thought I saw, did they do multiple starts? Yeah, there was a good start. Oh, what the, I thought we were back to doing just one. Well, one for the 24 hours, two for the 12 hours, because it's basically the same thing cut into two, so uh, I think that's their reasoning. Yeah, I ran the second one and ended up with a fifth. Nice. Yeah, I was, uh, we ended up, the, the team that won it was a bunch of ringers. They were a bunch of pros. They had a guy with a, like a 1500 I rating qualify the car and then never ran a lap. And they can do that with a participation, equal participation rule? Then? As long as you don't start the race. That's uh, he didn't ever start the race. He qualified yeah. the car, which was outside the session. But he had to start the, he had to kick off the car at the beginning, right? In the warm-up? Nope. Nope. Oh. So it's just whoever qualifies. Well, it was they qualified, so I don't know if he was the fastest out of them, but his I rating was lower, so they could... I don't know, somehow end up in a lower split as long as he never took a lap. He could have been in the session, but as long as he never took a lap. Yeah, so we had a bunch of guys who were like 4,800 I rating and above in like a 2,000 I rating split. Yeah, because it seems, I think it's like whenever you enter the car, remember that whole ordeal with Abbas? That one deal back in Daytona? He stole the car. Yeah, well, that got them disqualified because he took a few laps and they quit and they got, well, they they were stuck with the driver participation never being completed. Yeah, he messed them up. They should redo that somehow where you have to, like, pre-register your drivers or something for the team and then they do an average of the I rating or something like that. Yeah, that'd be better, I think. It's just because you do get them teams in sandbag. Yeah, because if they weren't in the race, I would have been in first with a half hour to go, but we had to short stint a pit because we ran out of fuel. But still, even then, if that team wasn't in it, first through fifth, well, without first place, second through fifth was only about six seconds apart by the end of the race. So was that your longest uh, sit down uh, with the new goggles? Yes. Well, no, I think the 500 was longer. I only did like two and a the half Daytona hours since my longest stint, and I think the 500 with all the pits and everything ended up running a little over three hours. Right. Cool. So, yeah, earlier today, uh, iRacing announced their next special event, which is the 24 hours of Nürburgring, Nürburgring April 22nd at 1300 GMT. Great. So better get cracking on that schedule. You got oh, about about five know. weeks. 
Are you going to be able to make it? If it's a, I don't, uh, no, no I'm not. Track, I don't yeah. work on Saturdays. Uh, my schedule actually changes April 30th. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But. No. So yeah, we're may or may not run that. Cause I don't know. Jose said he may or may not run it because he has to do something that weekend or the weekend before he's not sure yet. Unless we're yeah, going to be you hardcore. Definitely need, yeah. You need more drivers too. But didn't you say you did it with only four, Brian at Daytona? <laughs> Yeah, I did it before at Daytona. Oh, God. I don't know if I can do that. But at, at six Nürburgring hours is, is, Nürburgring is the track that I absolutely loathe. It is it is my nemesis. I am not good there at all. Oh, it's fun once you get used to it. If you make one mistake, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Whoops. I'm in the wall. Especially with that Porsche. It's really fragile. I don't know how I did like three or four races that week. They went to Nurburgring when the Porsche came out and really fun race, actually, up until you miss a corner, which that car doesn't like missing corners, because if you try to break to slow down, it's just going to lock up and send you into the wall quicker. And that's what happened with one lap to go. I touched the one of the guardrails and bent the right front wheel. Had to do the whole lap turning to the left. But we had to do something similar last year for this race. With the Mazda, we did the same thing. Eventually, somebody hit the wall. I think it was me that did it first, you know, and that ruined something. And car was steering one way the whole race. Just minor damage, but still. Yep. I don't know. We'll see what we do on that. We, like I said, if I can get William to join us again, which he was a big help for Sebring, and he was pretty quick, too. And I don't know. If... We can probably get five or six. I think that'll be good enough. We'll see. Yeah, I might be able to. I could run bef like after work. I don't think it worked out for the 12 hours of Sebring, but it will with the 24. I could do a later shift or yeah, two. Yeah, we can throw you in eventually. Yeah. Remember, this track is all about just surviving anyway. I'd have to time it to be right after work because I do have to work the following day too. So, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see. It's kind of hard to put these schedules together. It's like herding cats trying to get people to commit and stuff. And Especially when you get one month to work with. All right. All right. Next up, uh, confusion about the division splits in NIS. I think we talked about this at uh, Daytona week. But I saw a thread in the forum. There's a lot, a lot of different people have the same confusion. You know, what is going on? So do you guys have any clue how they split these up? I mean, there's people that said uh, just here recently, like in the last day or two, that they have changed division somehow. I have no clue. I looked at mine, and they appeared to be the same as they were in Daytona. I think two in one and three in the other, but uh, there's people on the forums here that say, hey, I ju uh, jumped from seven to four today, but the results still show in seven. And um, someone else is speculating as they switch to season two, uh, somehow the NIS uh, switched divisions along with it. So if your I rating had been adjusted, from the beginning of one as you go into two, I think, or the beginning of the Daytona 500 as we went into season two, 
if there was an adjustment there to your I rating, I think it changed the NIS division. I think that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't get it. It's all effed up. That's the bottom line. I rating has got a mess here. I mean, I try to ask them NX guys and MetBeast on them. Try, I try to ask them, but I can't today because I got to rerun that B grace. All right. So I don't know. Maybe they have more of an insight than we do. Well, those guys are all Division One. They're going to stay in Division One, so oh, yeah, they I'm might not see the differences. They, maybe they know what's going on. You know, right. within the I don't know within our racing. Yeah, something's up for sure. So I hope they fix that because a lot of us who run NIS, we pay very close attention to these points, you know, and I think we were all confused at the beginning that, you know, why am I in different divisions from fixed open? It really should be the same, you'd think, but. Yeah, I don't get it. All right, next up. iRacing Prelude to the Dream has been announced. We want to officially know that the release date for Dirt Confirmed on iRacing.com, now that we know that release date, which is the end of the month, we are officially proud to announce that we'll be hosting this event in the middle of May. We've been organizing for a few months, but we're waiting on word from Dirt would be released. This race will be an invitation-only event, and you will have 48 hours to respond to your invitation or it will be terminated. Invitations will begin to be sent out on April 1. Better put me on that list, I racing. <laughs> I'll be emailing. Well, daily who do you now. think they're inviting? My guess would be I found on them. All these beta testers that are like real race car drivers, like you know Christopher Bell and oh, they're gonna see Hudson Caps and, and all those you know famous driver people. I don't know. I mean, I wonder. What do you guys think? Who are they gonna invite? Don't know. Prelude to the dream. So, pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be still cool to watch if they have, you know, broadcast it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be broadcast. I just wonder what's going to happen to the servers. Is it everything these days? <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen to the servers once this gets launched. Just wonder how quickly it's going to shut down because so much overload. Because, you know, people are going to be downloading the content, buying the content. Loading up sessions, making hosted sessions. And surely something will go wrong like it usually does. Yeah. Oh, the first few days are going to be nuts. And the right. month can't come quick enough. Uh, next up, uh, Bug reported with a new build. And... Uh, there was a problem, you know, when you go to try to find a race, an official race, like you couldn't get to it like you normally did uh, get to it. Did you notice that? Like on the website, you had to click. Uh, Wait, that right popular races. To yeah, let's see that right it. box at the top. Right. Yeah, I never used that. You know, I even I forgot it existed until someone brought it up the other day. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways on the website to enter into a race. There's like, yeah. I don't know how many, but... Me, I just pick the drop-down, go to sessions, and just pick from there. I use the header thing across the top where you, yeah, do the drop-downs. But other people use the menu items. They go to popular races or or what's racing now or whatever they call it. Yep. 
Anyway, uh, that's been a problem. I think they addressed it, though. Um, there was a short release when? Yesterday? I don't know. I don't think we get... It wasn't down yesterday, was there? It was the, or the day before they did a short web outage uh, for the website. When was that? I don't even think I notated it, but yeah, it was down just briefly. I do know we get another what update here soon, don't we? Or fix? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later. There's going to be a patch coming out. Uh, okay, next. NASCAR Peak Auto season premiere starts tonight. Remember, they had a false start at Daytona a couple weeks ago when there was a problem with the qualifying server and something where people couldn't qualify. So they ran that race, but they called it unofficial. So this will be the start of the season tonight as far as points go and all that. So, uh, in fact, they're running as we speak, right? I don't know. They start at well, 9, so here in two hours. Yeah, so they could, yeah, soon. Or hour and a so, half. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it if I get a chance. We'll see. Daytona is always fun to watch. Good luck to all the peak racers uh, as you get out there and start the season. I'm sure they're all chomping at the bit. Hopefully it don't happen again. Yeah. I think I saw Logan, our friend Logan Clampett uh, on Facebook. He was talking about the race tonight, trying to promote it, and he had mentioned, I'll call it now. We're going to have the pace car stuck in the wall problem or something like that. But I think people are already thinking, oh, I hope it you know goes smoothly. Uh, next up, uh, another issue reported with the new build uh, with bad gateway. I actually had this a, a couple times uh, right after the build, uh, getting a 502 bad gateway error on the website. And uh, Chris Page from iRacing uh, piped in and said, hey, we reverted to the original load balancer. Try clearing your cache if you're still having issues. We conti we're continuing to monitor and work on stability. Yeah, I've seen this error pop up ever since. A new build, but it goes away from me. Yeah, if you refresh a couple times, yeah. Refresh, close out, do whatever you can, and it comes. it'll come up. So For some his comment kind of insinuates that they did a new load balancer and it didn't work out and so they reverted to the original one so sounds like they were trying some something new there for web traffic okay next was we talked about it um in the release notes from the build about the audio new audio thing for the uh, goggle people is that what I should call you guys, Brian? The goggle people? I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to <laughs> VR call them. people, I it's guess. Like VR uh, guys. I don't know. Yeah, the VR, VR people. But there was some kind of special audio where you could hear, like, more around you. What was it? Yeah, it tracks your head movement now. So the audio tracks where you're looking, so the sound tracks with it. I didn't really notice it much driving um except for like when i'm putting the rift on and it's already running and i put it in my lap I, and i have the headphones around my neck i can hear the audio change as i put it in my lap and then go to put it on my head that's the only well, time i can really notice it well there is a post from grant reeve from uh iRacing about this in the forums and he basically said uh whoops we didn't get it quite right but it says oops a little a little 
what is that exclamation point got into a line of code where it shouldn't have been it was a good old cut and paste error so the sim won't let you turn the option back on it'll be fixed in the next patch in the meantime to turn it back on you have to edit the app ini by hand as mentioned above oh is that why you didn't hear a difference yeah i don't i think there's something broken about it so there's actually in the app ini the workaround is turn the zero to a one on the uh, option that says rotate with headset. I'll have to go through and change that. Yeah, put rotate with headset equal one. And uh, that's the workaround until the patch comes out. Once the patch comes out, I guess that'll be fixed. Okay, so yeah, tell us uh, what happens with that, Brian, when you try it. I will do that. Uh, okay, next bug it was reported the official race guide from the website. That's what I was talking about before. Uh, wasn't working. Uh, but Tony Gardner had piped up in one of the forum threads about it and said, hey, we know about it. We're working on it. Uh, so... Uh, the big bug, I think, I, I guess it's the biggest bug of the uh, build, is certainly this problem with the iRacing services. Uh, and that's a thing in Windows, it's called services. And a lot of people were experiencing where the iRacingService.exe is missing after the build uh, was put out. And... Uh, the the workaround is just to go right click on it and hit start or restart so you go to windows you type in service or you hit your start button type in services look for iRacing right click restart so it's not for everybody uh, but apparently it's a problem for a lot so be aware of that i actually saw on the home page of iRacing uh, when I went there today, they actually have the article posted right there on the front page about how, about the iRacing services uh, problem. So they're working on that. So we talked about it, uh, but let's announce it, and that is the patch one release is scheduled for March 16th which is two days from now, so it'll be Thursday, the day of the fixed race. And it looks like it'll be in the morning, so hopefully we won't have a problem. I'm off on Thursday, so I'm kind of looking forward to this. If I'm available... Are you going to race that open? No, I mean, when they're down for the patch, I oh. want to do the uh, testdrive.racing.com. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've, I did that once when I first started it, like a year ago, and I haven't done it since. You try but the remember, camel while you're there. Yeah, I want to do that camel car. And uh, remember, you can test any piece of content. Except tracks. Well, as far as cars, right? Yeah. I, yeah, you can't test the newer tracks as long as, unless you own them, you know? But you can run cars that you yeah. don't own while they're deploying builds only if you go to testdrive.iracing.com yep that's what i did when i was waiting for the you know the update the other day 
What'd you run? Uh, just probably cars are already had, just seeing what the changes were. Right. Man, maybe... No, it was a build before that, around the 79, Lotus 79. Right, that's fun. I wish I had more participation. I'd run that series. Yeah, that's a really fun car. I mean, I got the 49. That's pretty beastly and fun to drive, but no participation. That's one I don't have that I would like to try. I think it'd be cool if they opened up this test drive function permanently. I mean, it's only available a very short period of time throughout the year, you know, if you consider. Yep. And that might convince people to buy the piece of content they test. Right. Oh, I love that car. Like, like, like when you go in a test session, like maybe they should allow you to test cars you don't own. You can't race them unless you buy them, but you can test them. Yeah, give you like 30 minutes of practice in each car. Yeah. A little familiar and see if you like them. It's sort Great of like idea. You can do the same exact thing on a race room racing experience. They have that same type of approach, but it's for every piece of content out there. Track car, you can do a test drive. And you're able to, you know, just test it, and then if you want it, go buy it. Right. I don't know. They can, they can improve on it. Be, I think that'd bring more people. Yeah. I mean, the test drive thing is a neat idea to give people access to the service when they're down deploying an update. That, I mean, that's what it was designed for. But like we were saying, let's take it a step further, guys. I mean, it's only, what, five to ten hours a year that it's actually available? I mean, it, that's really the downtime for deploying builds over one year. I know. I kind of wish we had this back earlier and I recently before I bought that Jetta. Buy cars you never run? Yeah, was, that's a car. I, don't, I never raced it officially and never really drove it, so it was a waste of my money, really. But if I would have tested first and said, eh, I don't like this car, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, I did the same thing with all the GT3 cars. I bought all of them. Test, I only tested all of them and probably only drive two of them. Yep. Or maybe they should offer a, a thing where you could return the car if you don't like it. Like it, they have a, like a, a, a three-day, you know, return policy or something. Lemon law. All right. <laughs> All right. Next up, Otto Zabini has announced on the forums a new contest for Season 2. And it's uh, if you place the Virtual Racing School logo on the primary sponsorship on your car and race at least 10 official races in season two, you'll be automatically entered to win an annual competitive VRS membership. It's a hundred dollar value. So what is VRS? Uh, it's a tool to help you improve your lap times by comparing your lap times with teammates or pro drivers and see exactly where and how you can improve. We talked about this before a little bit. Ray Alfala was involved with this uh, sponsor. So pretty cool. Uh, go win you something. Next up, uh, in regards to day to night transitions, um, you know, especially when we have these long endurance races, we've always wanted that for so long now. Uh, Dave Gosselin from iRacing actually uh, piped up on a thread on the forums and, and really gave a little bit more information about 
what does this really mean and how hard is it to actually do make these day and night transitions? Um, so I'm just going to read what he uh, wrote here. So, quote, it is easy enough to move the light source, but then what do you do about the sky? Oh, that needs to animate too. Oh, wait, we've baked all our reflections using those skies, so we don't do that anymore. And shadows, we pre-cached pre a bunch of static shadows when loading the track, so we don't have to render them every frame. So guess what? We have to take that out or make it happen more slowly or something, etc., etc. Not saying that any of it is insurmountable. It just takes time to work through all the issues and come up with a solution that looks good for any time of day or night. We've worked on pieces of the tech needed to solve some of these issues as we've been updating the engine to DX11, but there's still significant development work ahead. Yeah, might have worked if they were to, you know, implement that as their main intention from the start in like 2007, 2008. Yeah, that's and what then, started all this, right? Yeah, because they could then, you know, work off that stuff and say, you know, we can do this. The, you know, foundation's already there. Let's just continue. But like you say, it's not, Let's say, like, R-Factor 2 has all this. <laughs> you know, those G-Motor 2 games that was R-Factor 1, actually, and, uh, no, Automobilista. And they do that, but it's because they already started their previous installments of that. So it was easy for them, but, you know, iRacing's pretty much got to update every little thing. Yeah. Just to make it proper. Well, like you mentioned, Static Shadows that they load up when the track loads that they don't have to re-render those, you know, dynamically. That has to come be completely stripped out and redone, you know, to become dynamic. So, yeah, it's just interesting to hear that uh, kind of some of the dynamic behind of, you know, what amount of work is left. And you're right, this has been a long-term goal for a long time now. And this is certainly, in our future, but it's going to, you know, it's not going to be this year, probably. <laughs> yeah, the problem with that is not really the graphical deal. It's more of the track's got to change, too, you know. All the physics and everything got to change with the light. Right, because temperature, weather. Yeah, at least you know, the closest step we've taken, though, is giving us those multiple time, you know, times a day. Right. That was why we were expecting it kind of sooner, but. Let them just uh, get their other issues fixed first. Well, it's good to think to say that they're still thinking about it at least. <laughs> yeah, be great for these twenty-four uh, hour races. Oh yeah, it'll add life to them. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird just going hour after hour, and it's always daytime. You know, except Nurburgring. <laughs> Screw that! I'm not doing that at night. It'd be dark, wouldn't it? They don't have a light. Oh, it's freaking blinding. I did it on Gran Turismo 5. Just went on there where we, I think Brian did the same thing. We would set the time to where it would just go through the 24 hour cycle in like 20 minutes. Yeah, so an hour's a minute. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You can't see crap. You can only see the other brake lights of other cars. Yeah, I did it at Daytona to simulate a Rolex 24. I did the 24 minutes at Daytona. Nice. But you never, you never get any participation for long races and those kind of things. Okay, so next up, Otto Zabini announced another contest. 
and it's a partnership with Skip Barber Racing Series and Skip Barber Racing School. And what they're going to do is they're going to take the overall champion of the series for the next three seasons in the Skip Barber Series and will, on iRacing, and that person will win a one-day Skip Barber Racing School Day, a real racing school day, I have to differentiate, I guess, at the track of their choice, subject to availability. At the end of the Season 4, there will be a final shootout race between the top five from each of the three seasons for a winner-take-all championship. The race will be the race winner will be invited to the three-day Skip Barber Racing School experience of a lifetime. So this is uh, pretty cool. You can win a you know a racing school by running an official series and kicking butt, obviously. Now that's going to be the overall champion, not for Division One, not every division one champion right or not every division champion right right and they have the final shootout race as they stated with a winner take all so it it sounds to me like that kind of sets it up for people that are not you know gregor hutu <laughs> you know that don't have the the really high i rating you know to get all the points yeah this is where we're gonna have to start using uh Kronky as a <laughs> the Gregor who too. Yeah, I was start saying Martin Cronky now. So what do you think, uh, Carlos? You gonna run Skip Barber to try to win this? Oh no, I don't run that series. All Every right. time I do, I get caught up in crap. <laughs> I don't have this car, so and it's I usually can't do it. not just minor contact. It's either none or you're flipping. You're piled up, yeah, or whatever. They are fun. All right. Yep. And uh, you, they also have, are advertising it on skipbarber.com. So, yeah, this is a real partnership with a real racing series. So it's pretty cool. Again, you know, how iRacing is reaching out to all these different dirt series, road course series. You know, uh, it's, it's awesome how involved they're getting uh, with the real racing stuff. So lots of promotion going on. They had a Twitter about it, Facebook. Like I said, it was on the Barber website. Next up, if you go to iRacing.car backslash cars, excuse me, iRacing.com backslash cars, and click Dirt Cars, you can see the seven Dirt Cars that we have in our lineup coming soon. And I think last week we were speculating how many there were. I think I guessed five, but I'm counting seven right here in front of me. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Uh, they look pretty darn cool. I don't see a wingless print. Yeah, that was uh, somebody raised that question, but uh, there's supposed to be one. And like I said, there's supposed to be a rally car, too. It's a really focus. Like a super late model, dirt late model, then a crate late model, or what? And they're supposed to be the dirt craftsman trucks, or the camping world truck, as well. Oh, yeah. I assume that's just going to be a tire and splitter update. So I see three sprint cars with wings here. World of Outlaw style. 
And then the super lates. Uh, do you know? Do you guys know the difference between these cars? I'll see, besides horsepower, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the. The one's an outlaw, uh, world of outlaws. The other one is a dirt car, and then it looks like a street stock kind of car. Oh, at the bottom, yeah, that is a street stock. Right. Yeah, I don't know. You got. That World of Outlaws, what is that? A super late with the 900 horsepower? Oh, I see. If you hover over them, they tell you the name. So let me read them. Dirt 410 Sprint Car. Dirt 360 Sprint Car. Then the Dirt 305 Sprint Car. All of those have wings on the top, big wings. And then we have the Dirt Super Late Model. Dirt Pro Late Model. Dirt Limited Late Model. And then finally, the Dirt Street Stock. Like the front end on the street stock, man. It looks like they just updated it. I wonder if they're going to update the front end on the the road street stock as well. The car looks mean. Yeah, it really does. It's like a Camaro or something, right? Yep. But it's got the standard street stock rear end and roof line. So which car are you going to buy? Late model. I'm probably going to be the get the most powerful sprint car, the 410 sprint car, and maybe the late model, the super late model. And I'll probably start off with the super late, and that's then I'll get the others later. Well, think about which ones are going to be most popular on the series on the service. You know, I'm thinking super the most, the exp- yeah, the mm-hmm. really uh, high powered sprint car, and probably the dirt super Let's late. Let's see all the ones on the left of this page. So you know this. Brand I hope people are saving their money. This sounds very expensive. Uh, luckily, I have a couple of extra gift cards laying around from Christmas. So I got four bucks from uh, Campbell GT, so I'm saving saving some of that. Well, I bought a gift card for someone for Christmas, and when I've, I had this issue happen again, I don't know if you guys have had this issue, but when I've bought a piece of content or like a gift card or something, I go to purchase it, and then I get like a timeout or a bad gateway connection or something, and then like I was buying a Christmas gift for somebody, I was trying to print it out and bring it to them, and so I ended up clicking buy three times, and you know, ten minutes later, I got three confirmation emails. Whoops! Oh yeah, I've done that before on a uh, Arca Sim Racing. Ended up buying that game three times because it kind of did the same thing. Yeah, so, so now I, I kind of learned them. if I get that, just just wait. And I figured the gift cards I'd use on something, so. I click once and walk away. <laughs> you know what's crazy, just though, about, wait. about that Arco Sim Racing? They're really close to locally based around where I'm at. So, you know, they <laughs> made a deal and all that. They gave me back the 100 bucks that I spent extra because it was a $50 thing. So I ended up paying 150 but they ended up reimbursing the 100 so I only had to pay 50 so I got really lucky there. Yeah, that's what I did. I bought a $50 gift card three times. So I got $100 in gift cards just chilling in my account right now. I got to spend it on something, and this dirt yeah. looks really enticing. Oh, I does it. So moving on, speaking of more dirt news, iRacing announced March 9th. The World of Outlaws has announced today that iRacing will become the World of Outlaws' exclusive online racing partner. The agreement brings the world's leading online motorsports simulation service together with North America's premier dirt track racing series. 
and comes right as iRacing prepares to launch its highly anticipated dirt racing feature on March 29th. So pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I can't think of a better timing, you know, to sign up with the World of Outlaws and get involved. And we talked earlier, they're sponsoring a, an actual car in the World of Outlaws with Casey Kane Racing. iRacing is doing a really good job with the timing of the stuff where they're releasing all this stuff. Just keep everybody excited at the right moments. Yeah, their marketing team and their, you know, sponsorship team, they're doing a great job. I just want to say that too. I mean, I can't think of, I mean, all these different sponsorships they've done with the Dirt Late model with Clint Boyer and his team and Ty Bajeski and everything else. I mean, it's really uh, bringing everybody up to a fever pitch here. All right, moving on to hardware stuff. So, David Tucker, who I, I often follow in the forums and what he writes uh, from iRacing, he was trying to help this guy who just was having troubles with his hardware. It just wasn't looking good and everything's fuzzy or blurry. And the guy only had one gigabyte of RAM for his GPU, which isn't a lot. I think I have three on mine. Most people have four or more. I got eight. You got eight? Right. So one is like... That sucks, though, because it's not using all of it. So anyway, the guy had one gigabyte there of uh, RAM for his uh, GPU. And so what David told him, hey, try this. Even without a new card, you can try reducing our resource usage as much as possible. First, delete your app INI and your renderer render DX11 INI files so we can reset everything to defaults and detect again. Some changes like bumping up the sound bitrate or forcing high-res paint textures can have a big negative impact and this should reset everything. Next, turn down max cars to 10 or 15 and dial back on trackside objects. No need to waste resources on pretty if you can't even see your own dash. Also, <clears throat> if it is turned on by default, then turn off the high-res car textures. That is a big memory hog. So I think, you know, I just wanted to say this out loud because that's some great uh, advice if you're having these kind of problems if you're on older hardware and you can't get frames per second and things don't look right try what I just said and get everything reset you probably have something turned on that you don't need to turn on you know and that's why you're having the problem yeah, so great idea you don't need a big, powerful computer to run iRacing. As long as you have something that has some processing power to actually do what you need it to do, all the other stuff's just eye candy. Yeah, I mean, he's suggesting some seriously dialed back stuff, like uh, the turn down your max cars to 10, you know. Uh, turn off your high-res, you know, car textures. Turn off all the pretty stuff, you know. So, yeah, you can definitely run this on a, a lower-end system. You just got to be aggressive with these settings. Oh, I got a 
laptop that can run iRacing with these decent settings, and it's not really new by any means. Yeah, I mean, I ran on a laptop for years. I mean, I just didn't have all the eye candy turned up. All the stuff was turned to low or off. But I was getting the solid 90 frames per second. Yep. All right, next, uh, Paul Crabb from the UK uh, posted up in the forums uh, an innovative idea uh, for his goggles, for his VR goggles, that he uh, put a write-up in about in the forum. And, you know, Brian, when you were telling me about your goggles, I was kind of asking you about strain relief. Like, what do you do with the cables, and do they pull your head to one side, and those kind of things. Well, this guy has set up some kind of spring where from the ceiling where his goggles are attached to the spring thing, like a string, uh, curly Q string kind of phone cord looking thing, where it helps support the weight of the goggles as he's wearing them. Yeah, that looks really neat. It looks kind of kind of similar to how they do seat belts in endurance cars, where they're attached to a spring to kind of get them out of the way. Right, they hold them up out of the way. Right. Yep. Kind of a neat idea. What do you think, Brian? Do you want to hook something like this up? I would have to build something above my rig to make that work. Right. But the only problem I'm really finding with it is I'm finding a little bit of the weight on, you know, the bottom or like your cheekbones a little <laughs> bit on longer stuff. And that's mostly because of my glasses and everything. But I'm not I'm not finding any like doing shorter races, any of the stuff, I mean, unless you're running the, the half distance or full distance NIS stuff, you're not going to run anything over an hour, hour and a half. So you're not going to really have too many issues. Anyway, kind of an innovative idea, I thought. Uh, oh, it's really cool. I mean, yeah. it's definitely something that if you're, if you're having some problems with it, it's definitely something that would help. I'm sure it takes off you know, some of the weight, you know, I don't know how heavy these are, but let's say if it's, you know, 20 ounces, maybe it's relieving his, the pressure on his neck of 10 of those ounces, you know, and I'm sure that's noticeable. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you could take some of the weight off the front of it just to even the weight out so where you don't notice it, I think it would be a lot better. Yeah, I think that's kind of what he's doing here. So very cool. Very cool. Paul Crab. just wanted to give you a shout out. Just think of having this having a helmet on your head. Be Something I've been wanting to do would be to see if somebody would find a way to mount one of these into a into a helmet. So you just put the helmet on and the rift is there. Like a racing helmet, right? Yeah, because the view you basically get through the rift is similar to the view you would get through a helmet. Right. Someone asked that exact same question in the same thread. He also, I noticed, if you look at the blow-up picture, uh, he describes the Oculus cable also goes to the ceiling, uh, the video cable. So he's running the cable up, up along next to the spring wire. Yeah, I was thinking about running the cable through one of the holes in the sports seat that I have, where the seat belt normally runs through. But then I have the cable kind of looped around when the rift is just kind of sitting and resting. And it makes it real awkward to get in and out of the seat. Right. 
All right. Next up, GT Planet posted up uh, today or yesterday uh, an exclusive look at the upcoming Thrustmaster GT Sport wheel. And they got a big uh, high-res picture of it here. Uh, it looks pretty sharp. Uh, it's a round wheel, uh, you know, NASCAR style, but it's got a lot of buttons and different things and knobs and such in the middle. So looks very, uh, looks nice. Yeah, I was really interested in this when I saw it at the big release party in London, I think this time last year, or maybe it was a little later in the year, but I was really interested in it because it was right before I bought the T300 and I was wanting to wait and see what they were going to do with this and they just never release any more information. Right, and then here we are a year later, right? Yeah, because I believe this is supposed to be direct drive. Yeah. Uh, let's see what it says here about it. The unnamed wheel takes a page from the modern hyper-technical wheels found in real-world motorsports with numerous buttons and knobs growing out of the center section. It has, curiously, the four rotary knobs do not line up with the traditional color scheme of the PlayStation face buttons. So my guess is what, PC compatible? It doesn't say, so. I guess that's probably where it is. In the picture, it looks like it has the similar mode and selector buttons that the T300 and 500 have on the base, so it looks like you could be able to use it. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, all right, next up. Uh, we'll skip that one. We already went over that. Okay, our good buddy John Hammer posted up in the forums a bunch uh, ever since the new build. He's had problems with his uh, G27, and he claims that it's no longer a one-to-one -one ratio with the sim steering. And um, it's something to do with the Logitech profiler. If you're using a profile versus the global settings, then you're going to have a problem. So he says uh, he has two options. Set the profile. He gets a one-to-one -one G27 to visual cockpit wheel, 90 to 90 at 470 range, but progressive steering and odd out-of-range issues. And the option two, no Logitech profile. He gets 800 degrees rotation in sim and none out of the settings from Logitech. So I'm not really entirely certain what John's talking about. It's a little over my head. So have you heard of this? I run a G27, so I wonder if I have some kind of... It makes me think, do I have the same problem and I don't even know it? What does your wheel turn like it does in the game? It seems fine to me, so I don't, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about, but he, he messaged me about it. I saw him posting all over on several different threads about it. Yeah, because let's see, 
Let's see, in a cup car, the 12 to 1 steering ratio should line up with a 900-degree wheel. So whatever your senior wheel should line up with the cup car steering. Right. That's how I see it. Right. 10 to 1 is something like, I don't know, 720 <laughs> rotation? I don't know. Well, the G27 is 900, so... So yeah, that's how, I mean that's how you could check it. You know, set it twelve to one on the car, and then just rotate and see. Now then you got a problem somewhere. Meaning that if you turn the the wheel all the way to the left, that the steering stops at the same point in the sim and on the wheel. I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. Or if it was broken, then you turn your wheel all the way to the left, but in the sim you couldn't. You were you still had more to go to the left, and you couldn't something like that. That's, that's kind of how I see. It. I don't really know. It's kind of confusing. Yep. Well, John, you'll have to come on the podcast and tell us all about it because uh, I don't have an issue with my twenty-seven. I'm pretty sure I use global profile though. I don't use the uh, the local profile. All right, and our final uh, topic uh, on the hardware side. The guys who have those cool keyboards with backlighting, and I think you could set them up with uh, where they show your revs, you know, like green, yellow, red, and stuff like that on their keyboards. Well, there was a problem with it with the new build, apparently. And somebody was smart enough to figure out that when they released the new build, they they didn't put in the uh, Visual C++ redisputable, boy, that's a word, for Visual Studio 2012 Update 4. So that's a Microsoft thing, like a Microsoft library of DLLs or something. And normally that should be installed, you know, whenever iRacing gets installed. Apparently iRacing missed it and didn't get that done uh, or didn't include that as part of the update. So uh, the workaround to get your keyboard lights working is to reinstall that Visual C++ thing. So David Tucker put in the uh, forum that they'll uh, get it, you know, resolved, obviously. And that's it. Let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Carlos, what do you got? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Waiting for dirt. Waiting for dirt. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our title. We're I don't still know. waiting. Haven't we already done that title? I don't... Yeah, we did something similar, but not really. Oh, other one was what? Give us dirt already? I think we already did that. I, yeah, so I, say, I think that's what up. we called it. Waiting on dirt. Yep. And Phoenix, what do you think about Phoenix? Uh, I don't know. As long as it's not nighttime, it'll probably be a decent race. I think it's a day race, so we should be good. Survival of the fittest is what I'm thinking is going to happen. Especially know. in the early in the week. Yeah, the day races usually go a lot cleaner, though, because everyone doesn't really have the grip. So nighttime, you have unlimited grip, it seems like, and that causes people to drive way over their heads. Right. 
All right, Brian Reeves. I'm ready for it, man. I had a lot of fun this week. Really excited for just these this last two days where we kind of had an off day or two after doing two Sebrings and running a bunch of NIS last week. So I'm ready for Phoenix. I'm really excited to get to a track that's a driver's track where, you know, it, it takes some actual skill to go quick. So we'll see how we do. Yeah, it looks like uh, the team, I, I didn't participate, but the team last night put together several setups depending on what the weather will be. I think there were four to choose from, right? Yeah, something like that. So we got a setup for uh, each kind of condition that it might possibly be, so. And then again, it comes down to what you guys better for each. <laughs> All right, uh, my final thoughts. Yeah, bring Phoenix on. I can't believe Vegas, uh, how horrible I did. And in fact, Atlanta was a real bad week for me too. But boy, being disconnected from the internet completely uh, and right in the middle of a race, that is like the worst thing that can happen, you know? Besides maybe the power going out, that's probably a little bit worse. But normally, I don't, you know, Cox Communications has done pretty well for me as far as internet goes. And it's been, I'd say, 99% up. So, you know, can I really complain? You know, I didn't let it upset me. You know, I just walked away and, hey, you know, chalked it up to a, you know, a problem. You know, and we'll try again next week. So Phoenix is next, uh, my local track. And I usually do good there. I'm good at surviving. And like I said, it'll probably be survival of the fittest. So. I don't get a lot of starts in NIS so with my new schedule, so I'm hoping for some good runs. So we'll see. Gotta avoid all the people through the dog leg. I usually stay up high. I don't go down low. Do you guys go down below the white there? Depends. Yeah, if you're on the bottom and you're you gotta run, you pretty much have to take it, you know. It depends on what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to have the guy in front or behind do. Right. Let him go or... All right. With that, let's wrap up. Uh, we can You can find us at iRacersLounge.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're not really on YouTube much anymore. We had a problem with Twitch, but check out Twitch if you want to watch uh, the live versions. Uh, we've been doing Tuesday nights at... Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, we're on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those uh, podcast websites. So check it out. I, I think iTunes is definitely the place to be, though. So with that being said, we'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.